This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock, a business of intercessory prayer for businesses. Learn more at MarketplaceRock.com. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, co-founder and co-host. Here's this week's interview by my partner, John Ramstead. Today on the Eternal Leadership Podcast, we welcome Scott B. It, uh, let me start over. BB or Beeb? I forgot to it, ask. BB. BB. All right. Okay, yeah. good. All right. Uh, today on the Eternal Leadership Podcast, we welcome Scott BB. Scott, welcome to the podcast. John, thanks so much for having me, man. It's Monday at the time of this record. It's my favorite day of the week, so I'm, I'm ready to get rock and rolling. You know, I love Mondays, too. I used to not like Mondays, so everybody out there, we're going to be talking about how do you actually have a life where you actually enjoy Mondays, and, <laughs> and Scott and I, you, you and I were initially uh, connected by a mutual friend of ours, Aaron Walker, who's just a wild man. He's awesome. He's a mover and shaker, isn't he? Wild man with no hair uh, and a really funky accent. So uh, <laughs> if you if just Google Aaron Walker, I think the first 10 pages of Google have him all over him because he's been all over the podcast scene and just a delightful guy. But yeah, a great mutual friend. Yeah, he, he is awesome. Now, a little background, everybody. Scott, he, uh, he's the founder and head coach of MyBusinessOnPurpose.com. Uh, and a great podcast. I encourage you guys all to listen, to subscribe, to give Scott a, a rating, the Business on Purpose podcast. And, you know, your whole focus is how to just, uh, you know, something we struggle with is, you know, small business owners, solopreneurs. We have a lot of coaches that are, you know, part of our audience, right? How do we just kind of liberate ourselves from that chaos of working in our business and get our lives back and actually, you know, putting some you know, some things in place, starting with our vision, our mission, our values, and then look at systems and processes. And I know that you do a lot of coaching around this and a lot of, uh, you know, course, you know, you have courses that you bring, you know, business owners through. And I think this is such an important thing uh, for people to start to get a hold of. And it's not just, you know, some of the smaller businesses. Uh, one of my clients right now, Scott, is his business has scaled massively over the last three years. And it's the the exact same things that can be constraints when we're growing a small business, then becomes constraints at a different level at uh, as your business gets bigger. And if you do hit that growth phase, not handling some of the stuff we're going to talk about early on can really, <laughs> you know, rear its head later on as, as things kind of get magnified, don't you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they'll eat you alive. Uh, you know, one of the biggest things that small business owners don't realize is that <clears throat> once you've gotten past the initial hurdle, uh, well, the initial startup hurdle, we all have to get past, but you get past that and then you've got, you know, really systems and process hurdles that you've got to start jumping. And then when small business owners have success in jumping those hurdles on a consistent, implementable, repeatable basis, then they've got a new challenge. And one of those challenges that they uh, get to, and, and a lot of people will hear this, John, and they'll go, they'll roll their eyes and think, oh my gosh, I'd love for that to be my challenge. But it's the challenge of marginal time. And what do you do after you've built a business to half a million, million, five million, whatever, whatever the threshold is, who cares? It's kind of irrelevant. What's relevant is what are you doing with the, the, 
this this machine that you've built, uh, how are you leveraging it for the vision that you've got for yourself, for your family, et cetera, for the invitation that you've got directly from God to do something with the skill sets that he's given you? What are you doing beyond just monitoring revenue every day or monitoring the net income statements or the P&Ls? And so having to deal with what do I do when I've actually got marginal time and I don't have to be at a certain place. I had an attorney actually tell me a week and a half ago that the day before we met, he said, I sat in front of my computer screen all day and did nothing. He said it was the first time I'd ever done that. And I, and I said, well, why didn't why, I assume you, you didn't do anything because your team has been so well processed and led. And he was like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing the work. And I said, well, why didn't you leave? Even just to go do business development, go shake some hands and hang out and go to lunch and whatever. And he goes, I, I felt guilty. I, they, they're doing all the work. And I said, yeah, but you set them up for that. That's, that's kind of what you're doing. But this, this overwhelming guilt. And so it's a new threshold for so many people is not just the startup. And once you're past the startup, the systems and processes, and once you're past that, but now you're onto this new challenge of marginal time. And what do you do with that? Well, we're definitely going to dig into that because, you know, one of the things that a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, founders don't understand is what it takes to effectively delegate. And then from, you know, effective delegation comes empowerment. So we can really move that control and that decision making down to where the information is. But, you know, there's, mm. there's some things that have to be in place before we do that. And one of the things you talk about, Scott, um, you know, the, these three things that business owners often overlook, and that's vision, mission, and values. And, you know, that that seems, you know, a little counterintuitive because, you know, every everything that we read in the business world, right, that's important. But what I think a lot of often a lot of times people do this as an exercise as part of getting, uh, you know, started or they do it as an exercise with their team. And that's all it is, is an exercise. But I'd love your thoughts on this whole area of vision, mission, values, how important and how important it is. So it, it you mentioned that people start out with, it's almost like business planning, you know? Yeah. You go to a bank or something and they say, well, you need a business plan. And so you come, you put a bunch of stuff on paper and you bring it to them and hope they buy it. Yeah, or you Google search it and you cut and paste something that sounds really <laughs> good to, to impress you know people you so want to talk to. You, you said it out loud. I, I didn't, but everybody's thinking the same thing. So the thing with vision is we've got to, and from, I mean, just think of it from an eternal perspective. When we look back, and this is so important, John, it, it, vision is not novel. It's not new. Peter Drucker didn't come up with it. Jim Collins didn't come up with it. Harvard Business didn't come up with it. Vision is age old. We're told in the old Jewish text that before the earth was the earth, that was just formless and void. There was just stuff everywhere. And all of a sudden it took shape. Well, that shape had to be birthed from a vision. It didn't just kind of randomly, because what what is shape without a vision? And so vision is age old. If you look back, I mean, you know, if you look at the nation state of Israel right now, the, the, it exists because of a vision that existed thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. I mean, it's really quite remarkable if you think about the, the duration in the history of vision. And still to this day, people are going back to the original Abrahamic vision in Genesis 12 to make case for the modern nation state of Israel. And so this is, I mean, I'm not even, this isn't even religious stuff. I'm just talking about historic stuff here. And so vision, if you look at it 
throughout the expanse of time in human history. You've got it with the Abrahamic faiths and what vision looks like there. You've got it with uh, more modern leaders in terms of, my goodness, even Genghis Khan had a vision. Um, you know, Marcus Aurelius had a vision. Hitler had a vision. I don't like his vision, but he had one. Uh, of what he thought the the, the world should look like. Uh, Pol Pot had a vision for what the world should look like. Donald Trump has a vision for what the world looks like. In fact, I could make the argument that if you asked yourself, what was the one-sentence statement, mission, by the way, not vision in this case, but what was the one-sentence statement for the Hillary Clinton campaign in 2016? Most people don't know or they'll come up with a cadre of different things. You know, I'm with her, she's the one, whatever. When I ask people what's the one sentence mission for the Donald Trump campaign, everybody knows it. Make America great again. It's all over the hats. It's everywhere else. Am I saying that he won because of that? Kind of. I kind of am because if you got him in a policy debate, she whips him every single time. So it tells us it's not about policy. It's not about the, 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 the nuts and the bolts and the details. What it's about is vision and and making that into a succinct form, kind of a drop that we call mission. So mission is really nothing more than a hyper-condensed drop of your vision, and a vision is a detailed snapshot of the future of whatever it is that you're going after. So visions aren't meant to be in sentences and paragraphs. They're meant to be detailed out in pages. Uh, So the majority of the visions that we help small business owner craft are two to six pages in length, not two to six words or sentences in length. So how do you help somebody when they're coming to you and and they share with you, you know, whatever they share with you, but to take that and move it toward, you know, this vision statement that, that is, you know, inspirational, that is directional, that is, um, you know, uh, creates, uh, you know, a culture and an environment where people are, man, they're stoked to come, come to work on Monday morning. So there are seven kind of categories that we have small business owners think through when writing out their vision, because it, it, it is, it feels nebulous. It feels just kind of amoebic when you get to it and go, I, where do I even start with my bit? You know, do I just kind of craft this bizarre picture of the future? And so we have, we have small business owner thinks in, in, in terms of categories. The first category is the duration. We got to know how far out when we see a detailed snapshot of the future of our business, how far out is that? Is that 12 months or 18 months or three years. We try not to go much past five or six uh, because we're at hyperspeed. I don't need to go into a diatribe about that. We're just in hyperspeed culturally right now. And so what exists today is not really even going to be much of a relevancy in six years, especially technologically. And so we got to be very careful about that. So we usually recommend 18 to 18 months to, to three years of laying out your term. That's the first thing we think through. The second thing we think through is your own personal freedom and family. And so, and so people ask, well, is this a personal vision or is it a business? It, yes, it's both because you cannot separate the two. And so people will say, well, Scott, this is just business. I, it, it, it's not possible. I've got a client who has a key team member who just went through one of the nastiest divorce proceedings I've ever seen in my life that the judge has ever seen in his life. You mean to tell me that what what's happening at home? He's not going to bring that to work and what's happening at work. He's not going to bring that home. It's impossible. We cannot segment those two things. And so when we're doing our business vision, we've got to integrate the family and the freedom section of this. So this section, we're literally writing out, for instance, in my vision, it says that Ashley and I will go on a date twice per month 
and we talk about the places we're going to go on those dates. And so we're very specific about what we want our freedom to look like during that that term that we laid out, what we want our family to look like. Uh, now, we've got a family vision, which, by the way, also incorporates the business. But we wanted our kids to be able to see that kind of detailed out. So that's the second section. Third section is the, fi- is the finances. And we start with profit, not with total revenue. Because I don't care what your total revenue is. If you're making $6 million a year and you're spending $6 million a year, go get a job. Whereas if you're making $250,000 a year in top line revenue, but you're only spending 50 grand and you're paying your taxes and you're making 100, 150 grand a year, well done. You won. (laughs) You won the lottery. You figured it out. And so we start with profit is how much do you want to profit in any given year? Then we'll figure out how much revenue you're going to need in order to deliver the product you have to pay the team that you need to deliver the product to generate the revenue. So the duration, the family freedom, the, uh, the financial, and I'm going to do one more section and I'll pause and see if you got any questions about this. The fourth is, the fourth section is your product. What product do you want to be offering in order to generate the revenue in the financial section to then fund the family freedom section in the duration that we're talking about? So you literally lay out the details of what your products and services look like, both now and in the future. So those are the first four sections. Does that make sense so far, John? Oh, it makes total sense because, you know, I remember uh, when I uh, just a, a client story comes to mind. I was working with a guy who their their business had kind of plateaued and we started, you know, we started working in this area and he wanted to kind of keep business and family separate like you talked about. And I think this is a typical mindset. And as we talked about it, you know, if the business just kind of dreaming did everything that he'd hoped it had done, what would that do for him personally, mm-hmm. his family and oh my gosh, the energy and what that just opened. And because, you know, sometimes let's just be real. Being an entrepreneur is man, it's hard. You know, you're out there, <laughs> you know, you're at the, you're at the pointy end of the spear, you're making the decisions and knowing why you're doing it, where this is leading you, what's important to you, your family, what this is going to give you, do for you personally. If you don't have that to just kind of keep pouring some rocket fuel and some energy back in your tank, man, there's going to be times where, man, it's it's going to be tough. And I think that's why mm. uh, too many entrepreneurs actually struggle with burnout because they probably haven't done uh, and thought about some of these things that Scott is sharing right now. You know, my buddy, Jesse Cole, he owns the Savannah Banana baseball team. And just Google it. You can find him. He's hilarious and gotten to know each other pretty well. And he gave a statistic in a talk recently. If you go to our podcast, it's episode 85. He said nine out of 10 businesses fail within 10 years. I think it was actually 96%. He said, but they don't fail because they fail, they fail. The majority of them fail because the business owner gets sick of being on the treadmill. And so a lot of times businesses are, are, are failing not because they can't generate revenue. It's because the owner can't seem to find any margin in her day. And that's why this vision's got to be important because we start with the duration. We go to the family and freedom that, that you talk about. That's, that's your rocket fuel to figure out the finances so that we can understand the product we need to be able to sell to the market, which then tells us uh, what kind of team do we need. So that's the fifth section is the personnel. What kind of team do we need to deliver the products and services to generate the revenue to provide us with the family and freedom time? 
in the duration that we've sent. So you just lay out details of what, uh, what that team looks like, who you have today, who you're going to need in the future as growth happens and uh, distribution happens and all of those things. Then that leads us to the sixth segment, which is the client. Who do you want to sell this product to? Who does that team need to be going after, targeting, serving to be able to sell the product to? And then it flows all the way down. And the final piece is the culture piece. When you wake up in 18 months or three years or whatever, when somebody walks into your business, even if you're a virtual business, if somebody were to walk in kind of your virtual space, what would they say about you? What, what, what are some key phrases, words, um, you know, discussion points that they would have about who you are? What, what do you want them to see, hear, feel, touch, uh, experience when they come into your world, into your realm? Go ahead and lay that out now because culture is actually a biological term and culture is nothing more than a result of the ingredients that are around you. That's literally what a biological culture is. And so when you put ingredients in a space, subject them to heat, light, the elements, et cetera, what grows in that, in that, uh, that test tube, if you will, is nothing more than, than a, a, a combination or a chemistry of the ingredients that are there. And so if your ingredients are haphazardous, no systems, um, uh, chaos, unreplicability, uh, you know, all of those things, well, you're going to look up in three years and guess what your culture is going to be. I mean, it's just, it's simply a result of the ingredients that exist. And you've got to go ahead and start laying those ingredients out now. And that's where you do it is in your vision. Well, yeah. And, and, and what, you know, when you look at these different steps of, you know, working with a number of different business owners, are there areas that are easier or harder for folks to really kind of, you know, wrap their, wrap their head around, get on paper? Um, no, it's, I, I think in all candor, what we tell small business owners is what you're about to do. If you want to go into the realm where you seriously want to draw out a vision, uh, a, a short pithy mission statement and a set of three to five unique core values, and then you want to begin to systematize and process your business, uh, it's uphill. Like your thighs are going to burn. You're going to sweat and you're going to breathe heavy. And you need to make that decision now. You know, I remember a few years back, P90X, yeah. the, uh, the, the, the workout videos and all of that. You know, a lot, of, a lot of people come out and they'll say, hey, you know, in just seven minutes a day, you can have rock hard abs in three weeks. P90X came out and said, none of that's true. If you want to look like this, uh, not me, I'm not pointing to myself, but uh, Tony, whatever his name is, if you want to look like <laughs> me, where you're 50 years old and you've got a six pack and you look, I mean, you look strong. If you want to do that, you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to work an hour a day. Sweat your rear end off. You're going to do it six days a week, and we'd prefer you to do it seven. You're going to have to stop smoking cigarettes, eating donuts, and drinking soda. And you're going to have to start drinking water, eating salmon, and, and really watching what you put in your body. And they took a totally different approach uh, to letting people know that this is hard work. And lo and behold, it exploded. Absolutely exploded. Because, John, I think sometimes... People know, we know intrinsically as small business owners that it's going to be hard. And sometimes we take the bait. We eat the donut and go, hey, they told me it was going to be easy, just three minutes a day. The reality is this ain't, this ain't easy. It's hard. But the product and the result are good. And so if you want the result, then you got to be willing to put in the work. And so is there an easier segment of this? No. But the good news is, is, is there is a habit-forming segment of all of this. If you're willing to build the habit 
of repetition. Um, my first ever Pfizer manager told me repetition is the mother of all learning. If you're if you're willing to build the habit of repetition and follow the process, follow the process. Wake up, write your vision out. Wake up, write your delegation roadmap up. Wake up, set up your team meetings. Wake up, set up your non-negotiable week, non-negotiable weekly schedule. Those tenets of good, solid business, if you're willing to put those in place back to back and work the system every day, thighs are going to they're, they're gonna burn, you're going to breathe hard, and you're going to sweat, but you will get to the top of the mountain at some point. And then, of course, you'll look and see the next mountain that you want to climb. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, you, know, you know, let's just assume – you know, we've put all this into place. So we have a really healthy starting place. Or maybe I've been running my business and somebody connects with you and they, they work through this. You know, now I'm kind of looking at my team, what I have existing, and I'm looking at how do I close some of the gaps. But, you know, we've all heard that as business owners, we need to be working on our business more than we're working in our business. And, you know, that really comes down to delegating, systematizing, creating these processes. You know, how do people do that well, Scott? Mm, yeah. All right. So let's go back to repetition and showing up. So what we do is once we've got a small business owner to help develop where they're going, future snapshot of the business, vision story, then we immediately dive in to allowing them to kind of come face to face with the reality of exactly what it is they need to get off their plate. Because here's the reality is most small business owners are on a treadmill. They're flying a plane, but instead of sitting in a cockpit that they've built, they're literally still serving drinks, raising up the wings, putting them down, raising up the landing gear, putting it down, starting the engine by hand. They're doing everything by hand, and they're trying to fly an airplane. Instead of stopping and going, wait a second, I can build a a cockpit that that is stocked with a dashboard of systems where all I have to do is push a button and the wheels go down. I push a button and I make an announcement to everybody. I turn a wheel and my plane goes left and it goes right. And so leading your small business is no different than flying an airplane. So why in the heck wouldn't we spend time to actually build a cockpit? And so that's that's where a small business owner, where we walk them through what we call a master process roadmap, and we literally put every process in their business within each major system of their business. By the way, most businesses have no more than three to five systems, you know, administration, operation, sales, marketing, et cetera. And so within that each system, we just have them map out hey, here are the major processes that happen within that system. So let's take administrative system, for instance. What are the major processes within that? Um, Payables, receivables, office management, um, you know, could be kind of some sort of HR benefits, payroll, et cetera. And you just lay out, these are the major systems that make the business run. And so what you do is you process those systems as you're doing them. You don't, you know, go do a six-day hackathon. You go off-site. You build everything from scratch. Put it, no, no, no. You follow what we call the systems mindset. And that means whatever the next thing is you're about to do, whether it's payable or you're about to build your widget or you're about to go on a sales call, whatever the next thing is that you do, document it and record it as if it's the last time that you'll ever do it. We just did it this morning. We've got a new process that we're going to put in place when we bring in a new one-on-one client. And so we're systematizing that so they get the uniqueness of that experience every single time. But we documented and recorded it so it's the last time that I will ever do it. It's the last time I'll ever record those videos. I'll ever put those links together, get everything in one place. So now all we have to do is click one button and everything goes out. 
And you might go, well, Scott, that's awfully robotic. Not if I'm on the other end. I appreciate the thoughtfulness if I'm on the other end. Well, yeah, let me share a little personal story on that one, how impactful it's been just for us personally. Uh, uh, a year ago, my wife said, you know, you're doing all this stuff, right? Uh, I had an accident about six years ago, Scott, that put me in the hospital for almost two mm. and a half years. And so I started, you know, in executive coaching and leadership coaching, uh, you know, company. And that's, you know, and it's grown and grown and grown. My wife's like, you are just stretched so thin. You're you're doing everything mm. yourself. And she goes, there's got to be a better way to do this. So we sat down with my calendar in it. And when what we first came up with was 20 hours a week of stuff that I was doing that I could easily have somebody else do. But the thing mm. was, I hadn't let go control of it because I was I knew how to do it. Um, you know, there's a level of quality that I was comfortable with. And so I actually hired my first virtual assistant. And within three months, um, we documented every single one of these processes, uh, created SOPs in these different system categories like you're talking about. And then in another three months, uh, we moved her to full time. And she's working 40 hours a week, basically managing the systems. And now we're in that now we've continued to add from there. That is absolutely accelerated our growth. I think our our profit this year, you talked about profit, uh, was triple mm -hmm. what it was a year ago. And that was mm. because of me being a knucklehead, uh, finally getting to that place where I, you know, let go, started delegating, created some systems and processes. And, you know, the the one thing I'd like to tell people is I wish I had done it earlier. So as you're listening to Scott share mm. this stuff, this is stuff you need to be doing yesterday. And if you haven't done it yet, um, start today. And just like Scott mm. said, right, on that next thing that anything that can be documented as a process, just start there. And that, that's exactly what we did. So I just wanted to echo your thoughts and how impactful that just that little piece has been on, on our own small company. That's awesome. But you took action. And that's the thing, John, is all of this, none of it's magic. It's physics. And, and I'm a very faith-based guy, and I'm saying that this is physics. What I mean by that is if I go outside and drop a ball or let a ball go out of my hand, it's going to fall to the ground. Physics has taken over. Uh, those laws are in place. The same is true for this. If you write down your vision, Habakkuk, the old Jewish prophet, God spoke to him, write the vision down so that those who read it may run. If you write down your vision, people will begin to run towards it, and people will get, begin to run away from it. It's not magic. It's just physics, just how it operates. If you begin to write down, John, as you said, everything that's on your plate, it's just going to happen where you're going to have this realization, oh my gosh, I'm at my business owner rate of minimum of $200 a, an hour, which is what the average business owner goes for up to $1,000 per hour. That's what all of us as business owners, That's those are our billable rates. And, and so, John, if you're doing a task at two, you're doing that task at $200 an hour. Well, if that task is you know running to the bank, well, you're running to the bank at $200 an hour. And so who can you pass it off to? Once you list that stuff out, all of a sudden, physics begins to take over when you intentionally implement and say, hey, I need to bring somebody else to be able to do that. But implementation, Joe Calloway says it best. He says, vision without implementation is hallucination. <laughs> and it is so dead <laughs> That's on. That's so true. Uh, because so many times we get the stuff out there, even your, your, what you called your SOPs, your, your processes you got in place, John, you can have all those in place, but if you don't implement, 
They're worthless. They're just sitting there. And so the biggest takeaway that I think from our conversation for small business owners is whatever the system is that you use, implement it. Just implement it. You know, you can go buy a brand new pair of tennis shoes, but if you don't put them on, your feet are going to hurt. And so implement whatever the system is that you've got, but you've got to have marginal time to be able to do that. Yeah, and if you don't go work out an hour a week, you're 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 not going to lose weight. <laughs> That's right. And if day. you go work out, yeah. if you go work out once for two hours and never again, same thing. And so I know you probably get calls on a regular basis, John. Hey, John, can you spend an hour with me? And you're like, I don't know, man. Do you ever go to the to the gym and work out one time for an hour and never go back? And so, you, you, you know, just thinking through what does repetitious implementation look like? Repetitious implementation. And once you start to figure that out as a small business owner, and when I say figure it out, again, it's not formulaic. It's waking up, going to the gym, waking up, having time where you turn off your email, you turn off your notifications. In fact, I think everybody ought to turn off all notifications on their phone, all of them. Turn them off. Uh, I've got text notifications off on my phone, emails off, Facebook off. It's all off on my phone. It doesn't even pop up on my computer when I'm in front of my computer. We've got to turn that nonsense off because that's somebody else's agenda for your day. And what you've got in your vision, your mission, your values, and your processes, that's your agenda for your day. And that's what you've got to hold to. That is powerful. And, and, you know, you talk about also, Scott, a couple non-negotiables in running a small business. What are, what are those? All right. I'm going to walk through a couple of, uh, well, it's kind of a list. So I'll walk through a couple of things because all of these hinge. If I could boil this down to the two most important things, number one's vision every time without, without exception. Uh, and if, and if uh, any of your listeners want to go to mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash vision, we've literally taken our entire vision tutorial and the, the template with all of those seven categories. It's up there for free. We, we've provided all the tools. There are no excuses. All you've got to do is show up. But now we that ask, is mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash vision, correct? That's right. That's okay. right. Okay. Awesome. We do ask, though, that you not download it unless you're willing to put in about two to three hours. If you're willing to put in some sweat equity at two to three hours, then fire away. Go get it. Okay. And uh, we're delighted to serve you with it. And so that's the first place to start. The second most important thing is team meetings. And I did say that right. It's not a glitch. John's podcast did not screw up. I said team meetings. And now they're different team meetings. They're one hour a week. We actually do one hour a week and we do five minute daily huddles. And I'll give you the two different elements of what that looks like. Our once weekly team meeting is agenda led. It's got a very tight agenda. It is leader led. And by the way, I don't lead it. Uh, one of our other virtual team members leads it. Uh, that way we, we empower everybody within the team and they are highly accountable. We use Trello for our accountability and follow project management stuff. And so every time we get together, we're going back to what we said last team meeting and making sure that we pulled through on what we said we we're going to pull through on. So you've got to create an atmosphere of predictability in team meetings. It has to be weekly uh, at minimum. It could be more than once a week. Do not go to every other week or every third week or every sixth week. Or there's no predictability in that. There's no consistency. Every week. If it doesn't take you the full hour, great. If it takes you 10 minutes, fine. Whatever it takes. Then we've implemented what we call a daily huddle. And for us, the other there are uh, three days a week. So we do a team meeting one day a week. And then three days a week, one day we don't do anything. But three days a week, we all get together. It takes us about 10 minutes for four of us. 
I go around the room and I, I say, Jesse, what's the biggest thing on your plate today? Jesse will tell us all what's the biggest thing on our plate today. I will then follow up with, Jesse, can I do anything uh, to remove any barriers for you around that thing? And she'll say either no or yeah, you could do this or whatever. And I'll say, great, I'll put that on my list. And then I'll say, Jesse, here's what I see. Does that make sense to you? Here's what I need you to do. And so I've got an opportunity, if I see anything, to be able to bring that to her. But she first has an opportunity to tell us what she's working on. And once we're done with Jesse, we go to Jonathan. Once we're done with Jonathan, we go to Abby. Once we're done with Abby, we come to me. And we just go around the room. Like I said, it takes about 10 minutes, three times a week, and we're all on the same page. This works if you've got a brick and mortar where people in the room, and it works if you've got virtual team around the world. Doesn't matter. It works. But you've got to be in constant communication with your team about the projects that you're working on. So those are the two most important. Now, John, let me kind of fire, rapid fire a list of other things that are crucial in terms of baseline keys for running a small business. Five bank accounts. You gotta have five bank accounts. If you don't know what that means, go read the book Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Second thing is you gotta have a non-negotiable weekly schedule. This is a weekly schedule built out in blocks and it is non-negotiable. From nine to 11, you're working on payroll. Then from nine to 11 on Tuesday, you're working on payroll. And if somebody wants to come interrupt you, you politely tell them, hey, I'm working on payroll right now. Is what you have more important than that? If so, I'm, I'm, I'm totally willing to, uh, to go do that. But would you rather me work on what you're asking me or work on payroll? And you have that conversation. So weekly, uh, non-negotiable weekly schedule. Third thing is, uh, what we call a 12-week plan. We base it off of Brian Moran's book, 12-week year. Every 12 weeks, we build out a goal sheet of only three goals. There's only three things we can work on in any given 12-week period. And on the 13th week, we evaluate and we redo our 12-week plan. And that's what keeps us on track to make sure. So whenever we have those lull times, you know, the three minutes where somebody's late to lunch or, uh, and you, you just think, well, I'll just check Facebook real quick. Uh-uh. Pull up your 12-week plan. Go back to it. Is there anything that you can contribute to that right now when you're done? And then the master process roadmap. Uh, that's where you draw out every process that you've got in your business within each system. So if you were to leave, if John were to go on vacation off the grid in Bahamas for six months, then other people would know exactly what they need to do in your business because it's fully documented. They know exactly who's in charge of it. Does that make sense, John? Yeah, it cracks me up. Uh, a buddy, uh, one of my clients, we did this and their master process roadmap, they, they started calling it the bus book. And that is if the owner gets hit by a bus, this is, you guys can all keep pressing on because we that have everything brilliant. documented right here. So they actually have bus book meetings um, at the end of uh, each quarter. And just to see, is there anything that needs to be modified and updated, you know, redone, uh, lessons learned from some of these processes? How do we make them better, more efficient? And also... Um, in each one of those processes, uh, is there a better way to teach, train, and equip people, which is teaching the knowledge they need, the experience, you know, the training, the experience they need, the equipping, the tools they need to actually do that process, get that job done, get it done at a higher level of quality or more efficiently. So that is, that is the continuous process of evaluating um, that, that they're doing also. And we do that with our team. Well, it's you're on the right track. And if and if there's one thing I think you and I can encourage small business owners um, more than anything else, 
set the time to work on the business and make it non-negotiable. Get in there. If you don't even know where to start, start with the vision, write your vision out, uh, go use that tutorial we talked about. And then from there, you can kind of piece it together Uh, or, you know, call John. (laughs) He can help you piece it together. (laughs) Yeah. But start with the vision. Or call Scott. You know, both of us, we're here to serve. So, um, you know, now delegation, now that word has popped up a few times. I think a lot of people don't understand how to delegate well. I'd love your thoughts on delegation. So go back to the two priorities that I talked about, vision and team meetings. Your delegation, uh, we start with a delegation roadmap where you literally, as you mentioned, write down every single thing that you currently do. I mean everything. If you take out the trash, write it down. If you do sales calls, write it down. If you do data entry, write it down. Everything. And we actually have a process where you rank each task according to how delegatable is it. Is it something that gives you energy or not? How much time does it cost you? And based on your billable hour, again, minimum of $200 an hour, how much money is it costing you? And once you start to see that on every task, stuff gets real fast and sobriety hits you quickly. And so you start to do that. Then the question becomes, okay, I I got it. I see it. How do I delegate it? Go back to your team meetings. When you're in your team meetings, you take one of those tasks and you ask the question that Gary Keller asked in the one thing. He says, what's the one thing that by doing that one thing makes all other things easier? So you can rephrase it a little bit. What's the one thing that by delegating that one thing makes all other things easier? And start there. Pick one. And when you're in your team meeting, say, hey, guys, I've selected one thing that by delegating this one thing makes all other things easier. And it is blank payables, let's say. And so I'm going to delegate payables. John, I'm going to delegate payables to you. And we're going to sit down and I've documented our payables process through ScreenFlow. I've taken a, you know, a loom capture video or whatever. This is how I've documented it or I've written it out. And I'm going to walk you through this as I do it. We're going to document it, record it as I do it. And then I'm going to pass it off to you. But you're not done. Next week at the team meeting, you come back to it. Say, hey, John, how'd you do? Let's take a look. Then the next week, you come back to it. Hey, John, how'd you do on the payables? Let's take a look. You do that for a few weeks. Then you can begin to roll off. And by the way, that's all added to your master process roadmap. It's linked in there so you know the process exactly. But there's got to be documentation if you want to delegate. There's got to be initial training if you want to delegate. And there's got to be ongoing follow-up and tweaking if you want to delegate. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes total sense. Now, th- this has been awesome. Um, you know, h- what is the best way, Scott, for people just to get in touch with you? Is it mybusinessonpurpose.com or is there other other ways that they can get in touch with you? Yeah, that's the best way. In fact, the best way is mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash vision because that's an action that people can take uh, instead of just kind of doing more browsing. Because here's the reality, John. But it, small business owners know when they need to work on the business. They know it. They know it when they're on the, the treadmill. So there's really no use uh, to kind of, you know, surf and surf. Well, let me look at John's stuff and let me look at, at Scott's stuff and let me look at Aaron's. No, 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 just take action. Uh, you can go to mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash vision. That's the best place to find us. And if they want ongoing coaching and really small bits, we have completely reformatted our podcast 
Uh, every time I get out of a client meeting, in fact, I'm probably going to do one on the bus book, by the way. Uh, now that you mentioned that, it's brilliant. And so uh, whenever I hear unique things or we're in coaching sessions, I'll turn on the podcast app and I'll lay down usually about a four to eight minute podcast. And so it's little snippet coaching that you can kind of take in bite sized chunks. And it's the business on purpose podcast. So people can find us there as well. Awesome. And, you know, just, hey, as we wrap up, just what, what final thoughts do you have that you'd like to just leave everybody listening with, uh, Scott? So one I keep going back to, Habakkuk 2.2, write the vision down so that those who read it may run towards it or away from it. It's okay if people are polarized and run away from your vision. At least you wrote it down and now you know. And so go write the vision down. Awesome. Run toward it or run away from it and be good with that, right? That's it. Be content. Be content. Awesome, Scott. You're amazing. Uh, man, I need to have you back on. I would love to continue this conversation next time. So uh, let's make sure we do that, okay? John, I, let me tell you publicly, it's a lot of work to put on a podcast, and you've done it. And I'm really, really grateful that you allowed me to be a part of it. So thanks for sharing your platform. And anytime, anytime, man, this podcast, Mike's one of my favorite places in the world. So anytime, let's do it. Thanks for listening to Eternal Leadership. Be sure to check the summary of this MP3 for any important links and a link to the show notes for this episode. As I said at the top, this edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock. Is there something that feels like it's blocking your business? The team at Marketplace Rock partners with you in unearthing those things that could be holding you back through intercessory prayer. Just earlier this year, Vicki told me while she was praying, she heard from me, to water the seeds. I knew exactly what it meant and got some business out of it. Another time she was praying and accurately described one of our dogs who turned out needed medical attention. John and I can't recommend the team at Marketplace Rock highly enough. In fact, our phone calls with them are the highlight of our week. Visit them online, marketplacerock.com, or listen to either of Amy Everett's past interviews with us, episodes four and 66 marketplacerock.com. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership.